Going to be an interesting day here at the Players Playlist, man. Your man DJ Aiken, Tampa's most connected DJ. And, of course, can't do this without my partner in crime over on the West Coast. Uh, Crisco Kid, are you there? <laughs> Am I here? Am I here? Oh, oh, look, look oh, okay. You, you know what, though? I ain't no hater, so I'm going to just give you a round of applause because you're not no fake Astros fan. I'm going to give you a round of applause. I'm going to let that jump off there. Um, I, and, and I'm going to give you a chance to, to get all your stuff in, but I don't want to hold my man in the waiting room too long. Uh, uh, record exec extraordinaire is here and blessed us with his presence this week. I'll let you give him his title and all give him give you his title and all that good stuff. My man Amir Boyd is here. Uh, <laughs> look, he has he has he has already started a problem with with his choice of uh, attire today. I guess that's where we're going as well. Amir, welcome to the players playlist, my brother. I'm glad you're hey. here. Hey man, thanks for having me, man. Uh, this is an honor. And a privilege. Um, Egan, you know, we go back like Cadillac seats, Cisco. Man, listen. We've known each other for a while. So it's been a pleasure. Uh, it's an honor and a pleasure to be a part of such a uh, 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 greatness. I'm in the middle of greatness right now. So, uh, you know what I'm saying? And, and, and we're going to talk our talk. So thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, man. Uh, for those who haven't been here before, Crisco and I decided that we'd get into this little thing, man. We'd get to talk a little sports, a little entertainment, a little industry, uh, uh, everything to do kind of with this sports and entertainment culture, man. And what we also wanted to do was have some of our very close friends in, whether whether they were like in the industry and talk this talk or, or had a love for sports as well. And and we're kind of enjoying it. I know I am, Crisco, man. And, and, and I, I'll just I figure like it's only right here. Because you have, you are not a fake fan. You have been a Houston Astros fan. I mean, we're gonna get to you. We're gonna get because we know you're not a fake fan. Uh, you've been a Houston Astros fan like since we've met. How does it feel, man? Like you guys did it. How does it feel? Baby, I mean, look. If, if it, this, <laughs> this is this is what we're gonna do. Look, you know what I'm saying? It smells real good. Um, I remember two weeks ago on on the show, uh, I was wearing my Astros hat. You know that, and I called it. I said, this 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 year feels special. Uh, I don't know what they're gonna say now. We were banging cleats. We were chewing gum at a different rhythm during the game. You know, I, I don't want to hear none of that. I just want to hear that this this felt special. We level up. Pena made the difference this year. That kid is a stud. That kid is a star. Plus, you had all the rest of the crew: Bregman, Altuve. I mean, they just look good. They look good. That's all I'm gonna say. Congratulations, Houston Astros, Mattress Mac. You can't come for Mattress Mac and not expect any consequences. And then we had George Strait do the play ball. Trader Truth, you had all from Bum B to Slim Thug, Paul Wall, everyone in attendance. It, it it was just like it was written. It was supposed to happen that way, and God did. Hello. <laughs> look, look now, that, look, look now that I've had to go through that, right, and I've had to sit through that. Um, hey man, again though, I ain't no hater, man. Again, a round of applause for the Houston Astros, my man Crisco kid. Of course, he's a real fan. Ain't nothing fake about it, man. So even even though I didn't like what they did to my New York Yankees. It's it's a respect thing from here, man. It's a respect thing. Uh, Amir Boyd is here. Uh, Amir, before I get into your opinion on on baseball, real quick, I need like for the folks to understand just how heavy you are in this industry, your job title, what you do in this industry, man. Because I let them know we ain't playing here when it comes to having the heavy hitters on here, man. Man, I'm just a glorified uh, janitor. <laughs> exactly. And, um, <laughs> in, a, in, a, in a small record label. Um, out here based out in LA or out in Santa Monica, California, a little small record label called Interscope Records. Um, man, I've, I've been in this business for over 20 years, man. And 
I, 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 I haven't had a job in in 25, almost 30 years. So um, when, when I say that, I, I'm doing what I love to do. So that means that um, you do something that you love to do. You don't really look at it like it's a job. However, it's just like anything else, though. You had your ups, you had your downs, you had your wins, you had your losses. But the main thing is um, we're still here. So um, my uh, official role at, at, at Interscope is, uh, uh, or my official title, whatever that means, right, is um, Senior National Director. So basically, if you ever seen that movie called Get Him to the Greek, um, I'm that guy. I get him to the Greek. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, man, speaking of your role, right? And and since I've met you, man, like I said, everything I think I don't I don't really know if there's much that I haven't actually gotten to experience with you in this culture, right? So when we talk about this culture and we talk about the relationship to sports, how does that relate to what you have to do with a label and your artist and stuff and, and their music being involved with, you know, like what, what me and Crisco get to see, like me being a DJ at these games, Crisco being an in-game host for the Cardinals and the relationship with what you do as a label exec. And, you know, because sports is a big place that music is featured Absolutely. in, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. It, 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 it it coincides. I mean, there is, um, there are people who actually work at record labels who figure out ways to get songs played or get artists notoriety at sporting events. So just don't think that if, um, 50 cent throws the first pitch that that wasn't somebody making that happen. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't his idea. It was somebody at a label or somebody on his team who got a relationship with somebody at, whatever baseball team and they made that happen not too long ago um a couple of weeks ago money bag yo bought out the tennessee titans that was the first time an artist bought out a football team in the nfl and you know what i'm saying that was somebody on our team on the interscope side saying yo to to money team yo there's this great opportunity for bag to bring out the tennessee titans you know what i mean um glorilla has done um a couple of ad campaigns for the Memphis Grizzlies. So, you know, social media stuff. There's there's an intertwining because if you if you know, and even in baseball, like you hear these pitches coming out to hip hop music. Right. You know what I'm saying? Or their favorite song. And all artists wanna be athletes and all athletes wanna be artists. So it's like a it's like a you know, a meeting in the in the middle. And um it, it, it turns up it turns out to be another great way to expose songs like you said y'all djs at these sporting events and you could hear the music even if you listening on tv you can hear the music in the background sometimes you know what i'm saying and or you can hear the music when you're there and it and it gives you a feeling you know what i'm saying and they use it they use the music throughout the whole game right so it's it's um it's uh, especially in basketball i remember when they first started playing music in basketball you could only play the music if the team was on offense. Now the team could be on the home team could be on offense or defense, and they playing music the entire time, right. even if it's just the, the the instrumental. You know what I'm saying? But the more you notarize yourself with a song, the more you're familiar with it, the more you understand what the, um, the instrumental is. So it don't even matter if the songs or the words are in it or not. You still getting that 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 familiar um, sound that you used to. So. Um, man, the, the, the music and the sports, they, they go hand to hand, man. It's, right. it's, it's yeah, awesome man. what it happens. Let me jump in, Ethan, because I think this is a good question right here. And I'm, I'm, I'm claiming that that's a good question right here. 
<laughs> how much do you think that you know um you know esports right and and even the maddens and the 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 2ks and whatever it might be um do you think that has influenced the way that like you just said it used to be only on office you would hear the records but now because people are gaming and the whole gaming and the way you're watching and consuming sports has kind of changed where you want to hear your favorite songs Offense and defense, it's not necessarily one way anymore. Has that contributed or am I just making this up? Nah, nah, it's definitely, I mean, it's been, um, again, it's, it's, it's so many different facets, right? So, so you have, you have the person at the label who wants to get money back, yo, um, to come out and open up and perform, open up for the Titans. But then you also got somebody whose, um, job is to make sure that his song is playing when the when when the, when when ESPN goes to commercial with doing an NBA game, and then you got somebody whose job is to make sure that his his songs are playing on Madden or FIFA or 2K. So it all kind of goes in together, and one medium ex- helps the other. You know what I'm saying? And then the popularity of the song is based upon what's it doing at radio, what's it doing on streaming. And it all it all connects. So there is um, a, a shift, or not necessarily shift, because it's in it now. Like we in it with the gaming and all of those things add to um, to the consumption. Right. Yeah. Have you have you found? Um, because again, you you've always been to me like a big picture thinking, right? And thinker, and even even talks that you've had with me about things that I'm doing or things, and you t- always talk about how every little bit helps. Is it hard to get these artists to understand, especially the newer ones that you're getting now that you guys are getting on the new the Interscope roster? Is it harder to get them to understand the complete overall picture that you guys are trying to paint? Or is it more harder to get like your veteran artists to understand where the game has gone? Man, that's a great question. Um I think Yeah, that's definitely a great question. I think I think it's um I think it's a little bit of both. Um I always I always tell people to read the book Who Moved My Cheese, right? Or Who Moved the Cheese. Yeah, that's a good book. Because that yeah, that that book is like it's a quick book. You don't have to be no super, you know, thinker or, you know what I mean, philosopher or any of that to understand what the book is saying. It's a small book, but it tells you exactly how life works out, right? So the the younger artists or the newer artists um, I think they come in knowing only what they think that they are capable of, meaning that they come in and they see they, they social media stuff and they see what they do when they push sin. So to them, that's that's all that works. Right. But they may not know that there's a me and like 50 other people that's in on our team they can make whatever they do be bigger. So that so a lot of times they come in and they only know what they've done based upon the success that they've had doing things the way they, they normally do it. Unless they got a team of people who have showed them different ways or different things along the way. Right. But, but with the older artists, they pretty much get it because they've gone through the evolution of the change of music period. Like they, they, they probably grew up and remember when CDs were, was a thing or Walkmans were a thing. So they, the evolution 
is a little already kind of set but the newer artists they they come in on some yeah this is the way it works for me right now and they may not necessarily care about what worked for them and what worked for others in the past right so there, there may be there there's always on um, that thin line between um doing everything digital and forgetting about analog and it's like nah you still gotta be analog because you analog to me it's actually touching the people like that's analog to me you know what i'm saying but let's not act like that's still not relevant you know what i'm saying because when you look at some of these bigger artists that's selling all these records from from beyonce to adele to to to, uh, to what taylor swift just did right taylor swift a lot of that consumption is actual hard cds and vinyl yeah you understand what I'm saying? So that means that people are still buying tangible things. Right. So that means that, that to me, that's analog. Like that's, 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 that's the analog part as opposed to it being digital. Me not feeling like I own this music, but I got a, I got almost a hundred thousand songs on my phone. I don't feel like I own it. Right. So it, it's, it's a you double know, sword. There was just a study that came out and actually it's been like a survey and a poll that's starting to, circulate more in, in different communities that uh, is basically saying things that the 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 younger generations, you know, the Z's and the the X's and or what what not in I don't know whatever whatever number we're on or <laughs> whatever one we're on now. The, the young ones, right? Uh, saying that, you know, they're starting to realize that the older generations may have it right. And I hate to say that, you know, millennials, you gotta think about it. The young or the older millennial can actually be a grandparent now. And so when you yeah. think about, uh, you know, that generation and, and even, you know, right in that area, uh, these studies are saying that they did have it right. And people are going back to the things, like you just said, the tangible items that they feel because they're starting to realize, wait, you mean, I don't really own this music. I'm just paying. And, and I get it. Everybody's got the subscription model. It's kind of where it's at now. But people still want to hold those items. And that's why you, I agree, you have like a record, a limited edition vinyl or a Funko Pop that comes with some type of music memorabilia. Uh, people want that, and they want to experience that. And the people that are playing in the NFT space, hey, uh, you know, I'm I'm very familiar with that space as well. But there's some things that you want to be able to hold, and you want to be able to take that piece of vinyl, put it on your record player if you still got one in the crib. A lot of people are buying those again. They've been doing that for the last five, ten years again, and I think we're you're seeing that circle back to where people do want to hold and they want to feel that music because it can relate to them in just a little different manner. Let's go back analog. Yeah, no, nah, I mean, you think about it, right? Like, you know, this is another reason it kind of always goes into, right? There's a reason why first week sales don't mean as much as they did when, you know, we were coming up, right? Because you literally had to get in the car. You had to figure out the gas, right? You need a gas to get in the car, to take the car, to the record store to stand in line who, who knows how long i've i've stood right. in line for long times waiting for the record store to open you know what yes and 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 you know so we talking about probably about three or four hours least the, the, the on, on the bottom yes right just you know what i mean to now all i gotta do is hit a button and then i can still choose the songs i want i ain't gotta do the whole album like so so the all the effort that it took but that gave you a feeling that's why right. you remember where you was at the night before life after death 
came out. You you remember exactly where you were. I remember being at the Tower Record Store in Georgetown, Washington D.C., waiting the night before it because they used to do the midnight sales, and and I remember being in line at eleven fifty nine waiting for the store to open so I can go buy my copy of the Biggie album. You, you see what I'm saying? So so there, but you don't remember when you downloaded. Um, this this Drake last album, you may not even have downloaded. You probably just listened to it. You see what right. I'm saying? Yeah. Like, there's no there's no physical connection to it. You know what I'm saying? So I think I think people are starting to understand that. Damn, like the experience of it all, because that's what you want to hear. Like that's that's ultimately what you want for it right. to be an experience. Well, isn't it, 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 if you if you buying music from here, you, you it's not no experience. You know what I'm saying? It's like, man, I remember when I downloaded. No, you don't. You don't remember when you downloaded it because it didn't take any effort. It didn't require you to move or do anything that was. It didn't require you to be like, damn, do I got gas in the car to go get to this out record store? It didn't require you to do nothing else but just pick up your phone. And and I think it also goes into the longevity of music itself, right? Because because I don't have a physical experience with it, it's easier for me to dispose it. Quick after I don't listen to it two or three times, you know what I'm saying. So now, now I don't have no connection to it at all after the first or second week. This is why I was saying I feel like the first week albums, first week sales don't mean as much. We got artists like Ella May who came out the first week and and and, and sold fifteen thousand. Well, now she's close to three hundred thousand. So I would I, I would rather take that road than come out the gate selling three hundred thousand. Then I'm down to like two thousand a week. You know what I'm saying? The, right. the 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 scale of it has changed so i think you know because of that people need to make sure that they stand true today to the to, to to the people that they fuck with like keep buying people's music but just give it some time like let it just you know what i mean like let it like let it like build up and give you the feeling that you need to have because you don't physically have a way to go get an experience no more Right. That's the one thing I I don't like about the internet is you lose the experience. And and I want to touch on that, Crisco. I know you want to jump in with a question. You got one because because I got a couple, and then I'm going to shift here. But Crisco, go ahead. I feel like you've been waiting to say that. Huh? You can feel it right there. You've been holding that one in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Nah, that's that's real. I, I I I'm all about the experience. Even when I got my artists in my markets, and I got stuff for them to do, as opposed to just going to a radio station and doing an interview. I'm trying to get them experience, right? I want them to not only do the interview, but I want them to read the, the children's book and sing their song in the children's in the chil- from the children's book. You know what I'm saying? Like right. I want them to do an interview while they ordering a, or making their own pizza. You know what I'm saying? I want them to sit down with um um be real and smoke weed and talk about everything and not just who produced the album. I want them to have an experience because to me, the things that I remember the most are the things that were experiences. Well, and music shouldn't be no up, no different. You're right, but I do have a question. Now that we're there, because and and Crisco, I don't know, man. Like, like we definitely ain't go. This ain't gonna happen in 30 minutes because Amir then gave us some gems today, right? And boy, I see why we was we was wanting you to come here. It's but let okay, me let me, got time. <laughs> let me ask you this, right? While we're talking experiences and and where we're going, right? And, and I want to talk budgets and money and probably from more your side, right? Looking at what Taylor Swift did, right? And we're all speaking on this, right? What Taylor Swift did, in case people don't know, is Taylor Swift sold. 
when, when her album dropped, she sold four pieces of individual different color vinyl or whatever it was, right? And then you could buy another piece on her website for $49.95 that made these four pieces be able to put together as a clock. Speaking of experience and moments and things that you can act that are tangible items. But that took budget. That took, like you said, thinking. That was not wash and rinse and we out of here now with what everybody says is happening to a lot of the hip-hop music right this we just we making it it's disposable as long as we got a record this week we making them every single week right and do you do you see us being able to maybe use that model for hip-hop you know what i'm saying with what they're doing with budgets or can we do it we just got to do a little bit more thinking yeah it's it just requires thinking man like i'm 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 it requires engagement from the artist too. So I have a Taylor Swift story because uh, some of you may not know, I used to move around with a, with a, a big super superstar artist. Um, his name happened to be Clifford Clifford T.I. Harris, right? Boom. So, so Clifford T.I. Harris, right? So uh, the first year he was doing his reality TV show, they had, Taylor Swift had um, asked us she said that Tip was her favorite artist. So this is Paper Trail, Live Your Life, you know, all of that. And she said Tip was her favorite artist. Her show was in Atlanta. She wanted Tip to come out and perform on her set, doing her show. So we was pumped up. We get to the Phillips Arena at the time. Um, and we've been to Phillips Arena a hundred million times, right? Even had our own shows there, all kinds of shit. But we get there and Taylor Swift, backstage experience had us in awe because like I said, we had been there a million times, but this particular time they had our special room or our green room all set up with all of these things that um, let's just say if we were there, typically it might just be Kool-Aid, but this time it was champagne and um, all these gift boxes with all this stuff that was Taylor Swift, themed and yada 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 I'm 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 trying to un let y'all understand the difference right. between the budgets so you can understand why certain things happen in certain genres that don't happen in others gotcha and there may be a connection between that as well as the artist and the marketing promotion and whoever else is involved we backstage looking at each other like yo bro we done been in here a hundred times and this place ain't never treated us like this. You know what I'm saying? Like we never got to kind of roll out green carpet, red carpet uh, experience that we have gotten here at a Taylor Swift show. Wow. I know some people who used to program or who still program country music radio stations. And they'll say to me, the country music artists coming here and they thank radio. I've seen them do this at Country Music Awards. They'll thank radio, and they'll also know the names of the program directors and on their personalities. I, one PD told me he did an in-store or a meet and greet with Taylor Swift, and she knew the name of every fan that came in and took a picture with her. She knew their names. Taylor different, bro. So, you know, Pip deal with that as well. <laughs> So, it's, so it's my, point is, my, my, my point is, my point is, yeah, my point is, if hip hop or R and B cared enough, they right. could do the same shit. 
It's just that for them, while they sitting in that bag, they sitting there doing that meet and greet. They thinking about getting to the next city, so they ain't damn sure ain't about to be thinking about whose name is coming up. I uh, feel like what Chris Brown was doing with his meet and greets lately was genius. Yeah, that might have been one of the best ones ever. The Chris, yeah, because he he killed him, and those fans they gonna remember that. Like they were some wild pictures hitting the internet, and I don't care even who you were. I was I was having a good time at his meet and greet, and I wasn't even there. <laughs> exactly. So so again, what Taylor what Taylor did was create an experience. I'm sure it wasn't all her idea. You know what I'm saying? Right. Drake could do stuff like that. Drake Drake could put together a four album piece or whatever. Kendrick Cole, we got Beyonce. We have superstar type artists that can do that. But you know, it, it just requires a, some thinking and effort, and then execution. Gotcha. But I think she did that kind of early. I mean, I would hope, because I remember like different radio tours, you know, like whether it was or Mix Show Power Summit or wherever we might have run into each other and all that, exchange information. Um, I, you know, and, and I think it is, it is, I don't know if it's easier for some artists, other, you know, because not everybody has a good memory like that off top. So that's one thing we got to understand the human element. But then I think it's the artists that do try to be better at knowing uh, the radio station, at knowing the jock's name. In the same way that I felt, I had to prepare for every artist that comes into the studio, for every comedian, for every actor, for every athlete. Like as a radio personality, I, I'm required pretty much to know everything about pop culture. And sometimes I will find it disrespectful or just like, like, damn, y'all couldn't even remember who's coming in the radio station. Y'all don't got to cheat sheet, anything like that on like the drive from the airport or from the hotel to the radio station. And I think it's those artists that 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 took that time. So, man, I'm going I'm to check in with Chris Go Kid today. Are we going to this radio station? We're going to this one. Who's over there? That's right. I talked to him last time. Or even just a reminder. So it's not even just on the artist. It's the team that's surrounding the different artists or celebrity or athlete that really have to do a better job at reminding, uh, you know, who you're going to go see or what city you're in, what landmarks, just because I think that shows that. And whether it's legit or genuine or not, but at least it's something that the artists or the fans can feel when that when that talent is in the market, you know. The Crisco kid, I'm, I, so I I met you during that Ti run. Yeah, you were at uh, yeah. KPTY. Yep, in Houston. Yep, yep. Exactly. And then you were yeah. Uni, you were at Univision or something at one point. Yep, yep. And that's what I'm saying. So he, so he so. Just remember or like to recall that means a lot to people and that's what says like you and other people apart absolutely but it was an experience that made me say let me get his phone number and his contact information and all that kind of stuff and you've been on email blast of mine since way back then so my, my point to it all is sometimes i think if an artist really wanted to make an impact with their fans or with they, you know, contemporaries or whomever they had come in contact with, it's just about making it, making an, making them feel like because people will forget what you told them, they they'll forget what you showed them, but they will never forget how you made them feel. Boom, yeah, never, never, yo. People will never forget how you made them feel, yo. And and, and if you give somebody a uh, an experience on top of a feeling we talking about two 
same things, but almost like double stack. One means more to the other, depending on how you feel it or depending on what the experience or the feel is. You People will never forget that. Right. You know what I'm saying? I would, I, I, like, so, so I think it, it requires the artists themselves to get more engaged. When I, when I go into Twitter or I go into Facebook or, you know, any of these social media platforms to have meetings with the people, the number one thing they talk about with artists is engagement. Engagement. They be like, yeah, they should engage more. They should do this. They should do. They should engage. They should. That's how you build up your following on YouTube. You go talk to Tuma. He talking about engagement. You know what I'm saying? So the engagement requires you to interact. Right. Give people a feeling. Give people an experience. You know what I'm saying? So, so it, it it's there's there, there, we it's, it's capable. It's it's it could be done. It's just artists got to think. Right. And the teams got to think, and the labels got to think. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah, Taylor Swift situation is a little different. She got a bigger pot of money to play with, but at the same time, her team know the return on investment too. They right. know. So, mm. hey, well, well, return on investment. How y'all feeling that uh, Dak Prescott is back for the yeah, Dallas? There, there you go, Crisco. We're here now. We're here now, Crisco. We're here. We're here, Crisco. You done took us here. Smooth said, Crisco. I'm gonna just turn to the side and, and get this feeling. <laughs> You see this yellow envelope back here? This is my return on investment, too. We talk, that's we talk return on investment. Here's how I feel. And I think I shared this with y'all, even probably was on social media. I said, I'm okay with that coming back. On, and he proved my point. This last game when he came back, he used his legs. As long as Dak comes back and isn't afraid to use his legs when his mind flees him, either he runs or extends the pocket, we win. If Dak runs the ball for more than 15 yards a game, there's a stat somewhere that says that we win. So if he's, if he, and he did that this last game, he came back and he used his legs and we won the ball game, yo. That's all I could ask for him because when he first got into the league and was sitting behind Romo, what made him different from Romo was Romo would extend the pocket, but he wasn't running downfield. Right. That was running downfield and running people over. And if he continues to do that, and you could see, like we watched last night, I don't know if y'all was watching the game last night, but Lamar Jackson is a freak of nature. Right. Yeah. It's, this kid in Philly is a fucking freak of nature. The kid in Chicago is a freak of Like, they not only extend in the pocket, but they will put their head down and be like, all right, y'all going to have to catch me. The, 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 the passing of the baton is happening right here before our eyes. We watching these old quarterbacks who think they can just sit in these pockets and pick people apart. They can't do that shit no more. Cause linebackers running four twos. Right, yeah. Defensive ends running four threes. You better have some jets. <laughs> hey. Your offensive line gotta be like fucking wall of China. Hey, look, man. I feel like I would be amiss if I didn't ask this question, right? Because it 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 eats at me, man. Because I have very close family members. My brother Raheem, of course, my brother Amir here, my brother Azim, my brother Buckwheat Ote. These are all close family members that I call brothers. My my homegirl Stacy, my little sister. 
Cowboys fans are something different, Crisco. So while we have one here, one of the most passionate that I know, can you please explain to us? And oh my God, look, we see it tattoos, Crisco. What makes a Cowboy fan so different than other? Let's just say sports fans, period, or definitely other NFL fans. What is it with the Cowboy Nation? I feel like I feel like because you know people like to watch a train wreck, right? So either they they like us, you either love cowboy fans or you hate them, right? <laughs> and I feel like one, we talk a lot of shit. Yes. Um, two, we travel well. And Boom. three, some some of us are delusional. <laughs> some of us are delusional some of us think that we go into the Super Bowl every year because that is really the standard you know what I'm saying because all our career all our lives you know okay so you a Houston fan Crisco Wait, uh, I'm an Arizona Cardinals fan okay alright so and then I know my man is a Buck fan right of course. But it's throughout my life and throughout y'all life, my team been more entertaining than y'all teams. You know what? And honestly, I have to admit this, and, and I say this all the time. The NFL, is, the NFL season is not fun if the Cowboy fans are not involved. I, I do. Hands down. Like, it, like, I don't, like, like you said, delusional, entertaining, however it goes, you travel well. This season, I don't care what anybody says, we all have to admit that if the Cowboy fans are not involved, if they not, and I like it when they in it too, because when they in it, it's even better, Crisco. When they in it, oh my Lakers God. You know, I'll, it's the Lakers there. and the Yankees and the Cowboys. That's, that's it. I mean, let me ask you a question. Let me share this screen right quick. Um, Let me see. Let, let me pick my Chrome tab. Oh, Crisco wow. wants to share screens uh, today on the pod. I, I, how are we even making this happen? Oh, here we go. Now there's a screen share. Can Amir see that? Pick out the of the four items. Which one do you currently possess for the NAFAM Cowboys are taking it all this year? Uh, <laughs> I only got the. I, I don't know if I got the um Thanksgiving Day jersey, but but uh, it, that would be the only one. Right. Are we looking underneath the hat? And then do you got a pair of denim shorts? Of course, man. I'm an old man. Of course, I got some damn shit. And Amir, Amir kick game is heavy, so any any sneaker. I don't have those, though. Oh, okay. Because his kick game, Amir kick game is super heavy. I don't know who, if you know, if you know him. He's at least on 11 or something with the blue on it, man. I, I, I got some 11s, but I, I, you know, I'm a little old school with my Jays, too, because I feel like if Jordan ain't wearing, then I ain't wearing them. However, there are certain certain silhouettes that I like the Travis Scott's I, I you know certain union ones we right. can do the sneaker game that that probably be a whole another show right cuz we know how you go <laughs> so so it so now that now that now that Dak is back and 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 it was established too cuz you were also when we when we had a uh, shout out to Ian Beckles we had Ian Beckles on a while back and and Crisco and I just asked him we thought because it was going around, you know, you guys were winning. Was there a quarterback controversy? Clearly, everybody says there wasn't. You guys just made the proper adjustments. Is this the year, though, that they at least make it deeper into the playoffs, you think? I, I, I do, because of the defense. Um, so so that last week before last, he, he started to play hero ball for a second, and he threw that interception. 
but then I think somebody probably told him, bro, we don't need you to do that. Like, you don't have to do that. Right. Manage the game, right? Because that fucking defense, bro. I haven't seen that kind of defense from Dallas since we were winning Super Bowls. And what I mean, like, I'm talking about, like, every week it's somebody else. So even when we played against Philly and we lost, right, they showed how to, like, expose Parsons somewhat. But, yo, he still was making plays in that game, yo. He still was making plays in that game because he a freaking nature. And it was other people making plays, too. There was a moment in time in that game where Philly fans was nervous, and they'll never admit this. All we needed to do was be able to stop the run on one that last series. We was we we had come back, and they got out in front of us so far like that because our team isn't really made to catch up. That's when you get Dak trying to figure out, okay, let me throw 100 interceptions or let me throw 100 passes. We're made to have the lead, run the ball, and maintain the lead. We're not made to catch up. So, but with that kind of defense, yo, yo, man, every single week is somebody else. Every single week. The main character's going to be there. The Michael Parsons and Diggs, they're going to be there. But every single week, you can look up and you be like, man, I ain't even know who this dude was until this season. Or, you know what I'm saying, it, the defensive line, they, they running – seven, eight men rotations on that defensive line. They're keeping them healthy. They're keeping them ready. And it's almost like soon as you say, man, we need a turnover, boom, they go one. They 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 hitting the quarterback. Their presence is starting to make make people in the NFL be like, oh, this shit is real. Like, this ain't no fluke. If Romo team had that defense, bro, we would have been had a Super Bowl. We would have been had a Super Bowl. I'm not want to be talking about them old ass Super Bowl rings. You know what I'm saying? Right. I, I like them, but I ain't about to be acting like they shiny. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I, mean, I, I don't want to talk about them old ass Super Bowl rings, man. Right. I want some new shit. <laughs> so, but I think with this defense, though, we do, we do. If, if and I feel like Philly, Philly is really good, and I feel like. We need to pick up Odell. And that could be a pickup. We need we need one more person in the front seven on 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 our defense. We need either another linebacker, and we missed the opportunity to get some great ones. Um, I feel like we missing we missing speed on offense, and then we need a linebacker or something. But I, I feel like the dude that we got from the Raiders is a great run stopper. Right, so he proved that. He proved that in the, in, the, in the couple of snaps he did play in. They did not move the ball. Chicago did not move the ball when he was playing. When they took him out, they ran the ball. We got to be able to stop that motherfucking run. Right. Well, well, I need some help from both of y'all here. And and we're obviously in an overtime session here, but I need some help from both of y'all here. Of course, if you're watching the games, y'all saw Tom Brady have some resemblance of the GOAT this past weekend, right? Um. Should I start believing in my Bucks again? I'm I'm asking y'all as football fans. Should I start believing in my Tampa Bay Bucks again? The Rams are ass. <laughs> the, the, Ram, the Rams are ass. I, that's all I'm gonna say. I mean, you can believe what you want, and as long as Tom Brady is putting on the jersey on, on his uniform every week, every weekend, yes, you have the right to believe. 
However, yeah. the Rams are ass. <laughs> Crisco. I'm seeing this whole conversation part of this. I'm hoping you skip my Cardinals. That's what I'm hoping no, for. Right no, no, we're, we're, we're not. We're not going to skip the Cardinals. Uh, matter of fact, they're next. Um, Crisco, like, what happened to you, Cardinals, this week? What? <laughs> Amir, did you? Did you? Is it what? They beat him. him. It was a lot know. of arguing going on, a lot of finger pointing going on on the sideline. Like it's it's, yeah. it's starting to look look weird out there. I, I felt like maybe Larry Fitzgerald should have came back for one more season. It feels well, like they need. It feels like they need on the sideline or coaching capacity yes, yes, or something yes. that 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 mentorship that. Yes. Possibly be missing from yes. that dynamic of the team. Yes, yes. It's a yes. lot of that's young cats. Yes, and, and, that's what it feels and, like. It feels like it's a, it's a, it's a disconnection between. They don't have no OGs. Right. You know, I, I, I was I was watching um, I was watching Kendrick Perkins and somebody else talk about the fact that when these teams don't have no, um, D Wade. They was talking about how when these NBA teams don't have no, no um person on a team that's an OG like you could tell you could tell that they you could tell when the team just only um like young dudes with talent with a bunch of talent yeah when they just got the talent they don't have nobody like nah man if you do it like this and you give them that kind of elbow the ref won't see it and yada yada like they they don't have nobody he said you could tell immediately when that when that's happening and um he said that's a problem that's happening in the NBA like you know, a lot of the teams don't have no OGs on them at all. Right. And they may be good athletic-wise, but then get to the playoffs and don't know how to, you know, can't do stuff the right way because they ain't been in that kind of scene or they don't have nobody to tell them, like, nah, you got to preserve yourself or you ain't got to be speeding the whole game. You, point, you know what I'm saying? Like, you got to slow down and, you know, let the game – like, they don't have nobody to do – it's the same thing in the NFL, bro. You could tell when them teams don't have no OG on the sideline saying, nah, bro, you don't got to do it like that. I saw I saw him and Hopkins arguing, like, heated argument. That was yeah, right. more disturbing think, to me. And this, that's where I was going next, I think, for all the teams. I think, you know, you do have J.J. Watt uh, and we have D-Hop, right? And, and you're thinking offensively and defensively, you would think – um, that they're in that position to kind of mentor some of the younger cats. But I think it also comes down to um, are they listening? Are the younger players uh, across the league willing to take that advice? And um, unless the coach maybe or, or other people kind of watching from the outside, if they're not kind of saying, hey, you should probably listen to this dude or you should probably listen to her or whoever it might be um, to, to really change the mentality for the younger players to accept what they're saying because a lot of times we see it all the time doesn't matter if it's sports or not you got a lot of the young heads that they don't want to listen no matter how great the the individual is giving them the advice because like we touched on earlier it's it's what they know it's what's been successful and that's what works for them so who knows within the rest of the season or the next season will that dynamic change will the culture change to start accepting the advice from the people that have come before or is the game and all the games and life just changing so much that what we have to offer, the younger people feel is just invaluable at this point. It, it, it's twofold, right? You know, we could add, we could apply this to anything in life. You know, you 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 can't 
you can't you young motherfuckers y'all don't know shit you can't do that right you you, you gotta listen to them too you know what i'm saying however they gotta be open-minded enough to listen to us too because something we did something right we still here you know what i'm saying and we still elevating and especially when you're in a sports space like people are still moving forward even if they are older right so it it, it it requires both people to listen and i think that sometimes we don't listen we talk down instead of listening you know what i'm saying and i think you can get a lot further when you're listening to to young people than trying to tell them well back in my day it happened like this like man i don't give a fuck about that like i don't even give a fuck about that like, right. you know what i'm saying so so i i, I would much rather hear, hear you tell me you know i heard everything you said you know what i'm saying or man i didn't even think about it like that or you know what i mean like give me you know because we i think uh, older people tend to think that they can't learn nothing from young people and i'm like nah you tripping you must ain't got no kids or even if you do got kids you ain't listening to them you know what I'm saying? You're not trying to learn from them. I learn from my kids all the time. So um, I think it's, I think it's it, it, you know, it's just something in life that happens, right? Um, but I think as it, as it pertains to sports and your team in particular, because I watched them lose to Minnesota last weekend. I went to that game in Minnesota. And uh, your quarterback is, is dope, man. He keep y'all in the game. He keeps y'all in the motherfucking game, bro. That motherfucker's incredible. <laughs> I, 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 I literally think that every time he get the ball, he feel like he about to score. Right, um, right. So know about and that, may, that may be a good or a bad thing. Like I know, I know, I know, I know. I know. You hear Chris go go. I know, and then he hit us with the subtle applause. Like it's it's always a Cardinals or Houston thing. We get like subtle subtle applause in here, man. Agents. Uh, I know everybody's got got moves to make today, man. And and Amir, unless Chris go, did you have something else, Chris go? My bad, because I I didn't want to close out. I'm going to the ballot box right now. Hey man. Hey, look, man, I, I just want to say this, man. Amir, we've been trying to get you here for a minute, and it was worth every minute that you came in and hung out with us, man. I know I speak for myself and Crisco, man, when I say thank you for taking the time, and oh, we'd yeah. like to leave the door open for you to come back because I don't I, Look, to have, hey, hey, Crisco, to have our very own Cowboys fan in the family, hey, man, we can't get no closer to Cowboy Nation than that, Crisco. We can't. <laughs> we're going to have I'm, one. <laughs> I'm, I'm literally trying to figure out what other games I'm gonna go to this year. Um, I'm on a mission to go to all the stadiums. Right. In Minnesota well, with my come to State Farm Stadium. You know, we got we got the Bucks on Christmas Day versus the, uh, the Cardinals. We got the yeah. Patriots coming up. We got the Chargers happening. Um, that's how kind of we're in Mexico City. You want to go to Mexico City on the 21st? I haven't been to either stadium, the Arizona Stadium or the Cardinals Stadium. Um, I haven't well, been to. Well, they're one and the same, right? They're, I mean, the, yeah, the, the Arizona Bucks, Cardinals. You know, Cardinal Stadium. I mean, the Cardinal Stadium or the Bucks Stadium. Well, yeah, well, well you could have came last year when the Cowboys were here on that game because that was. I can't lie though. I cannot lie. I almost thought it was a Cowboys game. That's how. That's how deep y'all traveled here. I almost thought it was a Cowboys game. I yeah, did. No, I, that's why I said we travel well, bro. I promise you. I'm the captain. Come to a game out here in Dallas. I mean, come out. Come to a game out here in L.A. You, bro, it, when when the Cowboys play in LA, I done been to the games four times out here. Right. 
It is a home game. I, I promise you, bro. Now, some of it got to do with some other shit. Right. Man, we got to go, Ethan, because he's going to hit us a whole other Cowboys. <laughs> hey, he's the captain now. Hey, man, Amir, where, where can they find you at online, man, your social media, man? Where can they find um, you at? Social media, all of it is the same. It's Amir, K-H-A-R-Y, A-M-I-R, K-H-A-R-Y, Amir Kari. That's my first and middle name. That's where I'm at, y'all. You know what I'm saying? Thank you for having me, y'all. This has been a pleasure. I'll definitely come back. Y'all let me know. You know what I'm saying? My schedule be all over the place sometimes. I don't know if I'm on a train, plane, or automobile. But, hey, I appreciate you, man. There's so much respect. Crisco, where can they find you at online, as always? You already know. You're about to find me in the voting line right now. But you can hit me up online everywhere, at Crisco Kid. And remember, I don't care who you vote for. I'll never tell you who to vote for. But please get out and vote. Hey, man, I think my man Crisco Kid summed it up best, man. I am DJ Eakin at DJ Eakin across all platforms at DJ Eakin TV on YouTube, man. Uh, new show drops like in a few hours, man. Uh, the Players Playlist, my man Crisco Kid, Amir Boyd, man. Thank you so much, man. And, and as always, man, we, we just having a good time here, man. We just having a good time. Thank you, everybody that listens and all that good stuff. Like, download, subscribe, all that good stuff. Shouts out to the Houston Astros for winning the World Series. Shouts out to Dallas, the Dallas Cowboys for having a, having a pretty good season so far. And of course, much respect as much as y'all everybody claims that you get on your on their nerves i can't lie the season is not the same if the cowboy fans ain't involved man shouts out the cowboy nation man <laughs> peace man uh, Thank appreciate you, it, man love y'all later